Welcome to Tugging Your Triangle, a podcast for members of Fort Smith's First Baptist Church. Our host, Janet Addison, will talk with Pastor Greg and others about how being involved in the life of our church can help expand your triangle. Our ministry triangle represents the three foundations of spiritual growth, our commitment to Jesus, our relationship with Him through prayer and Bible study, and our ministry to others. Join us now as we explore ways to deepen your walk with Jesus by tugging on another leg of your triangle. Hello, church family. This is Pastor Greg, and once again, I get to be the host of the Tugging Your Triangle podcast. I'm grateful that Janet has let me do this special episode. Uh, She'll be back with you the next time, and she wanted you to know she loves you and misses you and is excited about it. But as we talked about walking through the Faith Forward offering emphasis, and as we began teaching on stewardship, that it would be a great opportunity for us to show how you can renew your mind in a particular topic like this about money. You see, we um, have a testimony that we love to share about how God has worked in our lives. Uh, When I had a professional career and before we had kids, Janet was working like most families, so we had two family income. And then as Mabry was born, We felt like God led us for Janet to be at home. Now, every family has to pray through that and do that as God directs in their family and how things go in their family. But we felt like that was God's calling for us. So our financial testimony, we had an opportunity to be exposed to financial peace, which we have those classes here at our church. Janet served on a board with Dave Ramsey, and he was not famous Dave yet. And he gave out an early edition, first edition, self-published version of Financial Peace. And we started studying that. Now, we had had good training from both of our parents, but this just sort of galvanized it for us. And we felt like we wanted Janet to stay home, at least for a little while. So we went from two incomes to one. And then a few years after that, God called me to ministry. And so we went from two incomes to one income, and then one income to about 60% of an income, And in all of that, God was faithful, and he showed himself faithful to us. So that's a financial testimony that we have, and we love to share that. And I love the opportunity to teach biblical stewardship like we've been doing in our Faith Forward Offering series. But always, people come and ask questions because there were so many people that don't have a heritage like Janet and I. I always have people come up. Now, Pastor Greg, what is that tithing thing again? I I never heard of that, or my parents didn't do that. A lot of couples I know where one of the spouses, you know, maybe the wife was raised in a home and they learned it. The husband didn't or vice versa. And so the one that was raised in the home wants to tithe. The other one, they've had no exposure to it. They can't fathom giving 10% of their income away. What is that all about? And so I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody come and go, Pastor Greg, how do we do that? I have no idea how we're supposed to do that. And my spouse is killing me at home, my wife or my husband, and we've got to do all this, and I don't even know how to get there, and we just bought a car, and what are we going to do? <laughs> and so I get all kinds of questions like that. How do we do this? How do I afford this? We have people who come in a time like this, which, again, is a great opportunity for a family. They'll realize, man, I want to be a part of that. God is stirring my heart to give and participate in that form of worship in the church. But frankly, Pastor Greg, we're just, we're in debt. We're struggling. I don't know that we can afford to do that. How do we do that? How do couples do that? 
This is a great time for all of those questions to come forward and us have a chance to answer those questions and show folks that God has a plan. Now, you know, we just finished before Easter our Renewing Your Mind series, and we talked about how the Bible teaches us to renew our minds as a part of growing to be like Jesus. And I made the comment that in an area of your life, when God puts his finger on that area and begins to work there, renewing your mind is the process where you jump in there and follow what God is doing. Well, here we go. When folks... Uh, God talks to you about your finances, this is an opportunity for you to renew your mind, for you to learn what God has for you, for you to write truth over the lies that Satan would tell you, for you to have a chance to see what God can do when we surrender that part of our lives. So what I want to do is walk you through a renew your mind exercise that I pray will help you and your family as you begin to deal with some of these questions that you may have. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out a piece of paper. If you're listening, if you're uh, where you can, write. If you're listening in the car, don't stop and write it down. But find a place somewhere afterwards, after you've listened to this, to write down what we're talking about. So here's what I want you to do at the right at the top of the page. I want you to write a little title on that renewing my mind with God's view of money. Just write that at the top. Then I want you to do this. I'm going to give you three scripture passages. One of them is the sermon from last week. And I want you to pick one of those and I'm going to walk you through the exercise of how to write truth how to see what the Lord's doing, how to create noble thoughts, and how to renew your mind in this area that God may be working on in your life. So here are your three passages of Scripture. One of them is from the sermon last Sunday, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 26. That is Jesus giving a teaching story or a parable that he crafted to teach those fundamentals of his view of money. Here's the second passage I want to give you. I preached back when we cast vision for the London Partnership on 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, really quick, quickly, you can read 2 Corinthians 8 and then 2 Corinthians 9. And so I'm going to use some verses in this podcast, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 15. And in that, we'll have the same set of biblical truth and principles that you can find in Matthew 25. And I'll give you one more passage, Malachi 3, verses 7 through 12. Malachi 3, verses 7 through 12. That's a famous passage of Scripture that talks about bringing the tithes into the storehouse. I mentioned that on Sunday but did not walk through it. But you can take any one of these three passages of Scripture, you can see the five fundamentals of stewardship that I talked about on Sunday, but also you can do this exercise that I'm going to walk you through in renewing your mind. Now, here we go. If you'll remember the exercise of renewing your mind, we use the word think, and we talked about truth so that we have the truth of Scripture written over the lies that the world tells us or Satan tells or whatever. Truth, H is him, I is interrupt, N is noble, and K is keep in terms of keep his commandments. So let me just walk you through a quick exercise. 
You can make the notes on the page that I told you to write down, and then you can spend some time praying through those and see if God doesn't use it to renew your mind. So you've written a title at the top. You've written those three passages of Scripture, and then I want you down the side. Just leave yourself a little space and cover the whole page and write T, and then below that somewhere H, and then below that somewhere I, and below that N, and below there K. And then you can just start to make some of these notes that I've talked about, and it will help you create this think renewing your mind exercise. So when we talk about truth, here's the first thing that we do. We want to write the truth of God's word over what our questions are or what our thoughts may be. Or if the Holy Spirit convicts you of you're thinking about that incorrectly, or if I don't want to tithe, or I don't want to give to that, or I don't feel like the church needs my money, or whatever kind of thing may be in there rationalizing, not submitting to God as an act of worship in this part of your life. We want to write some truth over that. So let me give you three truths that will apply to everyone. And as you write those three truths down, God may lay some others on your mind. He may lay some others on your heart. Go ahead and add those to it. I'm just getting you started. So here you go. Here's the first truth. God provides so many times people go, I can't afford to do that, or I, that's not a priority in my life right now, or I got to have my kids and they got to. Listen, God always provides. In every passage of Scripture that has any length at all that relates to money, we find out that what we have is what God has provided and given to us. Sonny, we talked about he's the owner of all. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He said, the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. And you say, well, how can I reap generously? I only make this, or we only have this, or whatever. Here's what the Bible says. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. And then in verse 10, he says this, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Listen, God provides. When I have something to tie, it's because God provided in the first place. So all I'm doing is returning a portion to the Lord of what he's already giving me, and I am acknowledging he provided it. When you begin to write that truth on your life, it begins to change your perspective of how you view your money. It also begins to change how you spend your money, how you prioritize your money, and it creates the opportunity for God to trust you with more. If you'll remember last week, the parable of the talents. The two men who invested what the owner had provided to them, they made reward in that, and then God rewarded them with more. He provides for us. That's why I started off sharing our testimony of how God provided for us. When we followed him, even though we were going backwards from a world perspective of money, God provided for us. And so I want you to see that truth, God provides. So which in, in every passage of Scripture, whichever one you're studying, I want you to highlight the Scriptures in there. Write the reference verse down, or maybe even write it next to that statement. God provides. That's truth. Here's number two. God loves 
you. And he loves you in this area of your finances as well. Look at what it says here in verse 7, if you're using 2 Corinthians 9. Each person should do as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, God loves it when we worship him. He, he is blessed. He is drawn close to us. He knows that we are drawn close to him. If you're using Matthew 25 from the sermon last week, you will remember when God gave a blessing to the two faithful servants, he says, let your joy overflow. He loves them. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. He is so proud of us. We are connected to him. When we give and we're acknowledging that it's because he provided And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You feel that sense of God's love. He affirms that in your life. God is not trying to make you miserable taking your money away. He wants to bless you, and he loves you. And that's not some name it or claim it thing on television. He blesses us in all kinds of different ways. I know people have the gift of generosity. They don't ever want anything in return. They're just blessed when they give. I know other people, they have a testimony where they've given and God has stepped in and he's fixed their car or repaired this or healed them physically or whatever the case may be. There are a lot of ways that God shows his love to us in our relationship. Just by you renewing your mind and going through this exercise, you will be closer to the Lord. You will hear him speak to you through scripture and you will know he loves you. Write that truth on this area. And here's the third one. God rewards. Listen to what it says. Second Corinthians 9 verse 11. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. Man, you see that? He enriches us. He blesses us for being faithful. He rewards us. In Malachi, that chapter, Malachi 3, He says, listen, test me, give and tithe, and see if I don't open the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing that is so large, you don't have room enough to receive it. God is not trying to make us miserable. God loves us. He provides for us. He is trying to shape our minds to understand how to walk with him and how to handle money in a biblical fashion so that he can work in our lives through that avenue. Truth, right truth. Three truths God provides, God loves, and God rewards. Now let's talk about him for a minute, him. So I want you to write out in your minds a list of ways that God has provided for you and your family. You see, H means we're focusing on him. Part of renewing our minds is being focused on him. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to write out just a few ways God has provided for your family. It turns your attention to him. Then you begin to be thankful for what he's done. And once you start that list, it's hard to stop. Man, you start thinking about, well, God did this for us. Well, God did this for us. Oh, and I remember that time God did this. And then, oh, God did this. And all of a sudden, we're back on our focus to him. And then the truth that you've just written down starts to become more real. God does love us. Look at how he's provided. God does provide. These stories are proof of that. And it begins to turn your heart to him and prepare you to worship 
it's very important that you don't miss the H part of renewing your mind and find that place where you focus on him, where you thank him for what he's doing. If you have a need, it's an appropriate place right here to ask him to meet that need because now you're doing it not from a selfish, hey, I want this or I want that, but you are doing it in the context of coming to the Lord as your heavenly father and having truth written on your mind that guides your prayers as you ask him to provide for your needs. So you see truth, you see H, going to go down to the I there on uh, your notes as you're making them. Here's what I want you to do. Whatever that objection is or whatever that conviction of the Holy Spirit might be as we're working through this, whatever that reaction is, man, you know that's not the right direction. I want you to prepare yourself to hear the Holy Spirit interrupt that. Write it down right there. What is your objection? What is, I don't want to do it because this reason. What is your question? Let's just go ahead and acknowledge the Holy Spirit is interrupting that thought process. If you can, take one of the truths that you've just written and write it over top of that interruption. And as you begin to pray through what your family's going to do, are you going to tithe, are you going to offering, or maybe in your family you are in financial trouble, so what you need to do is surrender to the Lord by getting it fixed. So maybe your greatest offering is put a $10 bill in the um, in the Faith Forward offering and then go sign up for financial peace and get it straight so that you can get it all where you can begin to participate. All of those are appropriate responses but you have to respond and responding means not listening to those thoughts that would pull us away from god's plan and it is that interruption so write down what those objections may be and write truth over them and prepare yourself that when you hear that again holy spirit interrupts you you know how you're going to respond now let's go to n noble Noble. So this is, we want to think noble thoughts. We want to elevate our thoughts. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, whatever things are lovely, pure, of good reputation, noble, virtue, praiseworthy, meditate on those things. We want to elevate our thinking. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write three things in the church for which you are grateful. Because we're talking about tithing We're talking about faith forward offering. We're talking about your commitment to the body of Christ. So I want you to start to think about what the church means for you. That can be people. It can be the spirit of worship. It can be that you were saved there. You can love this about our church. Somebody told me the other day they're so excited about missions, that we're focused on missions. Whatever it is in your life, write three things for which you're grateful. Just write them down right there next to noble. Then I want you to take a minute and write a list of ways, at least a couple, that you could impact positively. You could make a difference in. You could become a part of, so you've got ownership in that. A couple of areas that you can impact the church through your investment of time, treasure, and talent. So you're beginning to think noble thoughts about what the body means for you and how the church has impacted you. And now you're beginning to think, this is how I can impact the church. And as you begin to think about the church as the body of Christ, and as a place of ministry, and it is a place where you belong, and you can impact things there, 
You are elevating your thoughts to begin to think about the church, the body of Christ, the way that Jesus thinks about his bride and his body. And so you're elevating those thoughts. You're beginning to think about what that means. And don't just write a money thing. Write how you can invest any of that, your treasure, your time, or your talents. Well, I can invest in this. You see, we don't need people just to write a check to children's ministry. We also need people to go love on kids and tell them about Jesus. We don't need people only to write a scholarship to missions, but we also need people to go to missions and be a prayer partner for people that they may write a scholarship for on mission trip or other people going. We Get involved. It's all of that involvement. And when you're investing financially, then you begin to invest personally and spiritually. And it begins with thinking those noble thoughts about the impact of the church and how you can be a part of that impact. And then finally, K. When you come down to the K part of your notes there, here's what I want you to do. Think about how I can obey the command to worship the Lord through my money. You may already be doing some of that. How can you do more? You may be doing a little bit, and you can do a little bit more. You may be just writing your check every month, and you're not even thinking about it. It just becomes a something that you do instead of it being an act of worship. How do we elevate? How do we grow? How do we change? How do we see your triangle grow as you begin to transform by how you are obeying God's call for what you're going to do with your finances? Think about this. What's a spending habit that I can change that I can invest in the faith forward offering? Maybe I can skip eating out lunch once a week. Or maybe um, I can do something with my family where we kill a couple of these apps that we have on our television that we really don't watch. We've subscribed to that. And there's 20 bucks. If I kill two of those, I don't really need it anyway. I mean, there are even apps now that go into your checking account and they read all the subscriptions that you're paying for that you don't pay attention to anymore. That's how much of that goes on in life. And maybe you've got that in your life. You can shave something and it you didn't even miss it or it didn't hurt. But all of a sudden you have changed your focus and you've invested something and you are doing it cheerfully and the Lord is loving you for that. And you go back to the truth and he's rewarding you for that. And all of a sudden by focusing on some behavior, some change, some way you can obey, man, you have seen God open up a door in your heart and begin to connect with you and bless you through what you're doing. Here's another idea. I've suggested this to churches in the past. How can I teach my children to be invest, invested? So I had one church where I, I came up with this idea, and, and it was great, and so now we talk about it all the time. I came up with the idea of grilled cheese for Jesus. Now, everybody, when you're busy and your kids are home, you know you got to eat out and you're just running around crazy and you got ball games and dance rehearsals and school events and whatever, and you're eating out all the time. So here's what you do. Take one night when you would have eaten out and make grilled cheese sandwiches or whatever is your guilty pleasure in your house. I love grilled cheese sandwiches. Have hot dogs for Jesus. I know that the Lord loves hot dogs. It's a blessing to us that we get to eat hot dogs. I love hot dogs. There's no ball game without a hot dog. My dad t- 
taught us to love hot dogs. So in my house, it might be hot dogs for Jesus. What's your deal? You find some inexpensive meal. You eat at home. You make a picnic with the kids. You gather them around. Say, hey, we are having grilled cheese for Jesus. We're having hot dogs for Jesus. We're having fruity pebbles for Jesus. Whatever it is that you're doing. And then you put some money right there in the middle of the picnic. What are you doing at a table or you set out a blanket or you do it in the backyard on, you know, on the patio, whatever you're doing. You put that money out there and show it to them and say, look, kids, when we eat out, this is how much money we would have had. And we love to eat out. We're going to keep eating out. But this meal we have chosen to eat right here and take the money that we would have spent eating out and we're going to put it in the faith forward envelope or we're going to put it in the tithe envelope or whatever it is. And you're going to teach your children how to focus on God is provided and we're going to return to him an act of worship. You see, you're keeping, you're focusing on ways that I can be obedient to the Lord. And it doesn't take some life altering change for you to do that. Just start Just step out, be obedient, and watch God bless. 2 Corinthians 9, it says you will be enriched in every way. In Matthew 25, he told those servants, well done, good and faithful servant, and gave them the rewards from the other guy that didn't do it right. In Malachi 3.10, he says, Test me and I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so great you can't receive it all. God is waiting to work in this area in our lives. In so many ways, he wants to work in this area. Keep, set a plan, step out in faith and do something to serve the Lord and you see if it doesn't change your mind. You see if it doesn't renew your mind. You see if God doesn't speak to you in this process, and you see if God doesn't bless you. Man, that's not Pastor Greg telling you that. That is the Word of God. That is truth. Church family, be in prayer for our Faith Forward offering. Thank you for letting me take sort of a special episode and approach to this podcast to be able to share with you that process I want you to know I pray for you regularly. I am joining with you to pray for this offering as we look to see how God's going to bless and equip us to do those renovation projects that are going to help us do ministry, impact people, and see more people saved. Church family, blessings to you. Know we're praying for you. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for the Tugging Your Triangle podcast. If you want to hear Pastor Greg's Triangle Sermon, the link is in the show notes. If you have comments about this episode or have a suggestion for future guests or topics, please email us at trianglepodcast at fsfbc.org. Also, check out our church website at fsfbc.org for the ministries and opportunities to get involved with First Baptist Fort Smith and grow your triangle.